This is NRL Boom Rookies. Greatest Games series, alongside with me, big Todd Carney guy, it's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> I can't put an asterisk on that, but okay, at, at this period of time, I was a big Todd Carney yes, guy. Yes, so and I'll joining us once again is uh, PDRA superstar, survivor, alumnus, and my good friend, Matty Wahlberg, hello. Good friend is an interesting way to put I, it. But I knew you'd take issue with that one. But that's okay, I'm so, very excited to talk about this, this is, this is the best game. What game are we talking about? So we're talking about the Roosters versus West Tigers game from 2010 yep everyone knows the game obviously in many people's opinion including our own the uh greatest game ever played obviously we all remember the Wraith and field goal the sean kenny dow intercept try but we'll get to that later on yeah. obviously we've got to give a bit of backstory first so this this game was remarkable in quite a few ways um one of which was that surprisingly this was the west tigers first finals game since they won the grand final in 2005 mitchell is it surprising it's like that Tigers team, through this period of time, I still remember every preseason they were like the team people were picking to win the competition or go the distance, but there was just something about that era Tigers side and the current Tigers side. They always seemed to fall short of expectation. And this year they did it again in this game. They fell short of expectation. But um, I'm not shocked because that 05 team was a lightning in a bottle. A bit. Side, but it's still, it's still weird to have a team win a grand final and not make, go back. not even scrape eighth in the... In the in the five seasons after that, and true to form, they did finish ninth in two thousand and nine. Yeah, so they came back to finish third in two thousand and ten. Obviously, their best season since they won the competition, and they were facing a Roosters team, Matt, who got the wooden spoon the year before. Yeah, this 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 wasn't the star-studded side you're seeing at the moment with the Roosters. You know, there wasn't much flash. The this was kind of Todd Carney's year where he came out of nowhere. You know, won the Dally M, and it was kind of on his back that the team was playing well. But if you go through that Roosters side in this game, it's not a strong side. It's really and, not. And realistically, in this game, they shouldn't have won. They should not have won this game. And pretty much, they shouldn't have made the grand final this year, but they somehow yep. squeaked by and got there. It, is, it was a great story, basically. I mean, p- putting most of our Canberra-based listeners' uh, <laughs> hatred of Todd Carney aside, it was one of the one of the great sort of... I, I'm loath to use the word redemption because he turned out to break several more rules in several different situations. <laughs> Can I just know? Come on, man. Like, everyone's had a night out where you pee in your mouth. It's okay, just like, you know, fair. just boys will be boys. <laughs> Let yeah. the boys play. Let the boys play. But Todd Carney, as you said, did come back and win the Dallium in 2010, carrying a otherwise pretty mediocre-looking Roosters team all the way to a grand final where... If uh, if not for Jeff Eunice, they, <laughs> they, they may well have won that grand final. Yeah, you really feel sorry for the Roosters fans. Not yeah, having they that. can't. They haven't been able to catch much of a break over the last two decades. When's it going to turn? When's it going to be the Roosters' turn? Yeah, to get some luck. But anyway, these were the teams for this game: third versus six at the Sydney Football Stadium in front of thirty three thousand three hundred fifteen people on September eleventh. Was it the most remarkable thing to ever happen on September eleventh? I can't think of anything else. Me either. So we'll run through the teams really quickly. So Mitch Brown was at fullback. Mitch, why was that a thing? Tim Moulton was out, no? That's right. Like, it's, a very it's, late withdrawal. It's a weird team for the Tigers in this... No, no, was it Moulton out? Who was named at fullback? I forget. Not Moulton out. Anyway, a weird team for the Tigers to go into a final when they had three guys outside of the, the starting 13 starting. Yeah, so they had Lottie, Takiri and Bo Ryan on the rings, fair enough. They Wait, had... Bo Ryan plays football? Yeah, I thought he was just a comedian. Yeah, I thought he was a terrible TV show <laughs> Weird, host. Okay, right? that's exciting. Had, uh, mm. Blake Ashford in the centres alongside Jeff Daniela in the 15 jersey. So who was he replacing in this game, Mitch? Well, Jeff Daniela was... 
I want to say baller, but I, I was on the ball with Jeff Daniela sure. at this point. Uh, so they had Chris Lawrence and Blake Asher with the usual centre pairing for them, but not in this game. Yeah, and then the halves, Benji Marshall, Robert Louis. Um, Hasn't aged well? Yeah. <laughs> not, not really, no. Uh, yeah, uh, Todd Carney must be... Todd Carney's like... Mitchell Pierce is the real winner of this. He's like the third most problematic person in either of the halves combinations. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> so for the Tigers, going back to the fullback, so Wade McKinnon was fullback for bits of the season, injured, then Sean Meaney played fullback the oh, week yeah. before, and uh, Mitch Brown returned to fullback. So he played a bit of fullback earlier in the season. Yeah. And this was class- so this was classic late genius tinkering just before kickoff. So we had Bryce Gibbs and Keith Galloway as the props, either side of Robbie Farah. Todd Payton moving to the back row uh, with Gareth Ellis and Chris Hyington at lock. On the bench, we had Liam Fulton, a young Andrew Fafita, who a lot of people forget played for the Tigers, Simon Dwyer, and a debuting Ben Murdoch-Masilla. Yeah, his debut in this game is one of the storylines of the game because he, he only played he played this game, and then he didn't he only played seven games the year after. So two games that year, seven games the year after, and we all know his career kind of floundered out from there. But that was classic genius of overthinking it, giving a debut in that in that game, and uh, bringing bringing one pretty late from memory. I know mm. he forced an error when he first came on; it looked all right, but he was pretty garbage the rest of his stint. But that's just classic Tim Shane's. Yeah, on the Roosters side, I mean, this was. Uh, a, a one to seven back line of Anthony Michello at fullback, Sam Perrett and Phil Graham on the wings. Raiders legend Phil Graham, uh, Kane Lynette and Sean Kenny Dale in the centres. Todd Carney and Mitchell Pearce in the halves. A couple of guys there who you mentioned before we started recording. You, you kind of forget guys like Phil Graham and Kane Lynette played for the Roosters. Yeah, and even Sam Perrett. I think a lot of times those kind of guys are remembered for yeah, where they played Sam afterwards. Would, I think most people would remember at the Bulldogs where yeah. he played in the grand final. But yeah, and then another guy that. Basically, no one remembered play for the Roosters. Jason Riles at prop. Uh, and they had an Orbison at hooker, but not Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, James Orbison existed. Yep. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a like, thing. So, uh, the truly underrated Orbison. So yeah. underrated that people forgot that he played first. And this game. is another classic finals coach move as well, is bringing Jake Friend off the bench. And yeah. that feels like special Brian Smith, but he got outsheened then Brian Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just feels like... Brian Smith made many weird decisions in big games throughout his career. Like, as you all remember, he rested uh, Nathan Hindmarsh... For an Eels final, and they lost they twenty nine nil. I think. Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. But this one is like, yeah, let's let's give James Orbison the time a go to flourishing at hooker. Start him out there, yeah. and then bring Jake Friend on. I mean, it ended up working. Obviously, it the did. result. But Orbison's yeah. love playing in every position possible. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing the Orbisons want to do. They just want to tick <laughs> off every position. They yeah. do. Hundred percent. He's yeah. like, can I can I play hooker? Just I haven't done that one yet. Come on, yeah. no, just let me tick it off. And that was uh, James Orbison's second last NRL game. The oh. Orbison brothers were one hundred percent constantly fighting at junior cricket over who got to go wicketkeeper. No, nah, all rounder, both of them, yeah. mate. <laughs> just, just rotating between one bold and one kept every <laughs> over. They switched. Um, Frank Paul was the other starting prop. Uh, Brayton Astor was the captain in the number eleven on an edge. Mitchell Orbison was the other back row. Nate Miles at lock. Jake Friend, as you said, coming off the bench with the Lizard King Martin Kennedy, <laughs> Jared Ruiya Hargraves. And Daniel Con, that could be a podcast in itself. The Lizard King, just the Lizard King, and his and his love of exotic reptiles. Right. Well, this is like as you said there before the podcast, or when we were early in the podcast. This era Roosters side, like this was kind of when the dynasty was falling apart. Everyone started started feeling like they went in two thousand and five. They missed the finals. In 06, they missed the finals. In two thousand and seven, they missed the finals. Two thousand and four, they were back into the finals. Uh, then got the spoon in nine. Back to in the finals runners up this year. Then yeah. they came eleventh and thirteenth after that. It was a weird blip. Yeah. Like of the last thirty years, the Roosters yeah. have been them and the Storm have been the strongest two yeah, sides, yeah, yeah, and totally. Brisbane there. But this is a weird period of when they just there's not many that superstars in that side. And if you if you only started watching rugby league in like the past 
probably since 2013 or that era, you could forget just how sort of chaotic some of these Roosters teams were. I mean, you had the Chris Anderson era where he went back to one marker. You had the Brad Fittler era. Yeah, like you had when he the... was playing footy in the in the hotel hallways with some of his players <laughs> as they then took shits in the hallway. <laughs> like I mean, and you you were you you were with the Roosters throughout all this. I mean, it, it, it would be a bit of a shock to like particularly younger Roosters fans now just how ridiculous this club was at times in the mid two thousands. Massively, and 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 this was a season where I don't think we had any confidence in the team at all, and they even started off the season pretty terrible. And on even this game, you know. You're thinking they're going to lose, and this will be this will be it. They're going to go out, whatever it is. So, and then there was no real besides like Minicello and then Mitchell Pierce. You didn't really have those guys to get behind who'd been there for years, who you really wanted to see succeed. And it's not for a few years that guys like Jadria Hargraves and things are kind of become roosters. Mm. You know, guys that you know who they are because they play for the Roosters. That's it. Now let's get on to talking about the actual game. So the final result. We'll may as well start with the final result to yep. review in the end. So the Roosters won nineteen fifteen in ninety nine minutes of rugby league. Uh, yeah, halftime was 10-2 to the Tigers. The scorers on the day, so you obviously had three tries apiece. Lottie, Takiri, Bo Ryan and Blake Ashford for the Tigers. Over on the Roosters' side, their first try came in the 60th minute to Braithen Astor. Mitch Pierce got another and Sean Kennedy-Dow scored the match winner. Uh, the difference, though, was in the goal kicking that took it to the finals. Sorry, took it to extra time. Carney kicked three from three. Benji, one from three. Field goal attempts, one from three for Robbie Farron, one from two for Braithen Astor. Yeah, yeah, but um, this and this is it. like you watch, especially the first half of this game. It's one of those games you get every now and again now, where you get to half time and it's reasonably close, and you're just like, "How did this happen? Like, why are the Tigers not up by twenty points?" Down the same pathway, Farrah's kick, Galloway kicks, Galloway picks it up, gets the ball away. They're over the line, and I think it might be held up in goal. I think it's the same man, isn't it? It's Gareth Ellis again. <laughs> Oh, he's not having no luck. Well, his dad, as the boys said, his dad's out watching the final series. It somewhat reminds me of the, the 2014 grand final. When it got to halftime, you're like, why is South not winning by 30? Yeah, it was 6-0, and it was like, what's going on? But the start of this game, the first 13 minutes, Gareth Ellis should have had three tries. <laughs> he's hating his life. Then they kept, yeah. And I think they keep telling the story on commentary where, like, his dad's flown all the way from England <laughs> to see him just not get any of these tries. Yeah. And the best one was the, the Benji, where Benji's... Put a punch on Pearcey yes. and cost them the try there, which was which so, I really love to see. So the first one was Todd Carney in his Dalian form punching the ball out of Ellis's hand somehow when he's over the line. Farah floats it out. Payton, they've got a chance here. Gareth Ellis. Oh, he dropped the ball. I think. Hold the phone. I think Gareth Ellis, looking at his face, has dropped the ball. The next one's he's held up, isn't he? The second yeah. one, and then the third one is an iconic moment of this game. That's like. This game is so iconic that that's like the 10th most iconic moment, but Ellis finally scores a loving life, but yeah. instead Benji's punching the piss it's, out of Mitch it's Pierce. So, it's, so rare. it's so rare, but the try that's disallowed for foul play by the attacking team off yes. the ball is just so sad. It's a fight between Pierce and Marshall. The kick into the end goal. Kenny Dow's lost to Ellis. Ellis has scored. Third time lucky. Third time lucky for Gareth Ellis, I think. Well, let's just hope that when we come back to where there's been a, a bit of a fracas, that it's not initiated by the Tigers. Don't look at me like that, Fatty. There's an S on the end of it. I just wanted to make sure it was a fracas. That's the French pronunciation. That's the one. What about a fracas? So funny. And historic strong man, Benji Marshall. Yes. Just laying Known the smack down. <laughs> and then, like, it's, it's immediately after, they just start hugging. 
Yeah. It was like, oh, sorry, mate. All good. And they're just like touching each other's heads and stuff. I was like, you just put one on his chin. Yeah. You think, and you think, God, how have they blown those three? But they were so dominant that still the rest of this half, they seemed to be camped down the Roosters' end. And then Lottie Takiri cracked it 27 minutes in. They scored first. And, you know, as a, as a neutral fan watching the game, you thought, oh, here we go. The floodgates are going to open. The Roosters are, are cooked here. And um, they pretty much were for like the whole first half. They didn't look in the game at all. They never looked like scoring their attack. Because they were constantly coming out, basically out of their, not only their own half, but pretty much their own try line. They just never had an opportunity to get anything started. And obviously when we went back and, you know, read a bunch of articles and watched the highlights and stuff of this game, um, you read about the players and their takes on what happened. And Anthony Marcello said on the Roosters website a couple of years ago that basically his hamstring was practically off the bone before the game started. And he goes on to play, you know, one of the longest rugby league games of all time. Yeah, and Minicello is like an underrated warrior for his whole career, to be honest. Like, he had the back problems, and, you know, and he has had hamstrings, as you mentioned. He did come back and play a long career, but, you know, if he didn't have all those injuries, for me as a young Queensland fan, he was the player I feared most in origin through the, you know, mid-2000s. And it's a credit to him that he came back and became the player he did, but, man, if he didn't have all those injuries, you know, he could be up there, honestly, in my opinion, with the discussion of the best fullback in the game's history, because he was, at that era... If not as good, at better than Billy Slater for an early while there for me. And he was a warrior in this game. He had 23 runs with a hamstring hanging off the bone. Like, yeah, man, that's inspirational stuff for Mini. So there is a score first to go up 2-0. And then at the end of the first half, it's 10-2 to the Tigers. Matt, what were you thinking at that point? You, you were feeling like the game was over already. And even with that, you know, they took the two. They kind of didn't have a choice because they had no attack. There was no way they were really going to score. So confidence was extremely low at this time because... If you look at that first half, what did the Roosters do that was positive? There's, they had some good defence, but that was because they didn't really have a choice. Yeah, and then you know the, and then there was a length of field intercept which no one remembers because there was a different length of the field intercept later. And Carnings with the ball holds it back, passes up the line. Oh, intercepted by Aceford. Aceford's over halfway. It's Carney chasing Aceford and Carney. Carney and Aceford. Aceford. This is when Blake Ashford's like legs and everything worked. He's yeah. actually really good in this game. Yeah. Um, and he also had a moment, another one, that he got held up by Minicello as well, I think, at the start of the second half of this game. Like, the Roosters' defense kept them in it. But yeah, the intercept went the full distance. And then at that point, you're like, oh, this is elementary. Like, there's nothing to play for here. And it's then 15-2. Yeah, Farrakhan's a field goal. Bizarre 15-2, 20 minutes to go. But then suddenly, Todd Carney chips, chases, finds Braith and Astor. So is, um, so is Gibbs, who's back out there. Carney again for himself. He's got the ball back. He passes. Anasta scores. Anasta scores. Hit him forward, but he's pointed to the spot. So it's all over Red Rover. And I loved in this, in this part where, you know, usually you do that kind of crazy try for chip and chase and everyone just celebrates. Braith puts the ball down and just walks back like, let's go. Like, this is, you know, we've scored one, but that doesn't mean anything. So yeah. I, that's when you... When someone's playing like that, yeah. you know that they're, they're in it to win. They don't want to celebrate the little things. Like, Braithen Ash's career is almost a meme at this point, but there was moments like this when you do realise he actually is a baller, actually was a leader. Massive leader. And those were the moments that, that what he did then and what he did at the end of the game or regular time was like, this is my team. You know, follow me, boys. Follow me, lads. That's it. Yeah. A great moment for me. And people obviously might forget the first hour or so of this game and all the things we've talked to about up until this point, but now we're getting to the last few minutes of this game where... Anyone who's a rugby league fan has watched this back a million times. It's all coming down to Todd Carney, isn't it? One moment. 
uh, Paul, the, the other number six, Benji Marshall, is limping very badly on this side of the field. I know whether it's cramp or not, but he's outside. Well, he's just gone inside Lottie Takiri on this side. Is again up the middle. Top Here goes Top Pierce. Got support. Mitchell Pierce. Mitchell Pierce. He has scored. Mitchell Pierce. He has put it down behind the uprights. It'll be a one-point game in a moment. I will, I will be honest about the situation. Usually I'm a pretty good fan, but after this hit on uh, on Jared Rio Hargraves, which I'm sure we'll talk about, yep. I actually turned the TV off. You did? I turned wow. The te- I, I turned the TV off and because <laughs> it, it was a double header. There was two games on. So you about 20 minutes later, I turned the game back on to it watch the second on. game and the game's still being played. And I'm like, <laughs> how is this physically possible? I did not know that. Yeah, I've That's kept that to crazy. myself because it makes me look like a terrible Roosters no, fan. No, I, I get it. I've, turned, I've, like, not, I've well, seen you leave games <laughs> too, yeah. lad. If you want to be one guy leaving games early, you're talking to the right man and the right family. <laughs> be like, yeah. How dare you? Yeah. But um, I think the crazy thing about this is, is that if the field goal doesn't happen, this game finishes on Simon Dwyer absolutely obliterating Jadwee yeah, Hargraves. This is a penalty. <laughs> 30 metres out from the line. And a strong... Oh, oh and Henry Hargraves. He has been hit by Simon Dwyer. Like, we, no matter what the rules are, this is a penalty. Like, the shoulder charge is gone now. We were talking about this pre-podcast. Like, we all missed the shoulder charge for the cool big moments it had. You know, the Mr. Sunny Bill hits. We missed those moments. But you go back and you watch ones like these, you're like, thank God this doesn't happen to humans anymore. Because... Hargreaves gets hit in the head by Simon Dwyer, huge shoulder charge, and is like convulsing on the ground. And the game goes, like, everyone moves off to the side. He's by himself. He's trying to get up, and it's like he's just, like, sometimes you see it in the UFC, yeah. where he's trying to help himself up, but he physically can't, and he's just headbutting the, the, the mat, like, two or three times, and no one's there to help him. No like, everyone's like, shit. oh, this is what happens. The Tigers are celebrating. No like, yeah, shit. good hit, bro. And no like, one cares. No one cares one bit. And then <laughs> he just gets back, and he packs the scrub. <laughs> He just gets in and keeps going. I think people don't realise how far we've come with like head trauma protocols just in the last few years. Because that happening in 2019 or 2020 would be, you know, the, the Roosters Club doctors would be jailed. Mate, it was one of those things that people, the players would be starting to fight. Referee would be blowing 15 whistles because that was a terrible hit. But then, again, you turned it off because the game is over. There's, the, there's a minute left. They have the feet of the scrum. All they have to really do, you know, take a few hit-ups, sit there, pretend they're hurt, and the game's over. It's a rugby leg scrum too, so as long as they don't Ashton Sims it and drop the first hit-up, it's and how, over. How often, like, in the history, how often do we see scrums? We see one a, one a year, one a, maybe, maybe, if we're lucky, against the feet. And even then, sometimes the ref goes, no, 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 do it again. And, and this is like... This is one of the greatest bottle jobs, as we all know, of all time. But I know it's, yeah. it was only bottle to go to extra time. But as you said, you never see someone win it from against the feed. But if you're the Tigers, you're expecting something, right? The Roosters have to try and push or try and steal the ball. Because, I think they just thought the game was over. They thought it was over too. They just did it. And then, as, as we all remember, scrum's packed, ball's placed in the scrum, comes out the back, and Chris Hyington stares at the <laughs> goddamn ball. Rhea. Oh, they oh, the ball! Unbelievable! Sala has fallen on the ball! They've got to kick a field goal. And what about Frankie Paul? <laughs> yes. Who would thought Frank Paul Nuasala makes one of the most intelligent football yeah. moves in history here? A shout out to Shane Hayne and Matt Checken for not randomly just blowing a re-scrum for no reason. Yeah. Which some refs might have done in that situation just because they'd look at the ridiculousness of what happened afterwards. It feels like, like oh. it was like justice for what happened to JWH. Look, we yeah. better like let this roll. Like, <laughs> you killed one of the other te- <laughs> teammates' players. Like let let let's let this play. But, but even then, they get the ball. They're still down by a point, and they're still you know 30, 40 meters out from the try line. And they don't know. 
They don't have a plan because they didn't expect to get the ball. You see, they just start throwing it. No one's in position for a field goal. Yeah. Everyone's stressing. I don't think they actually even know how much time's left. Uh, Todd Carney gets absolutely hammered too yeah. when they kind of he's thinking about a field goal and then he just gets gets knocked down. And then they actually go. They try and score the try rather than set up for a field goal. Yeah, and it's kind of like a, it was like a Warriors field goal set. There was nobody in charge. It's like whatever. We've had the ball and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. And that's why they go down. They actually go down the line and yeah. almost because everyone's so prepared for a field goal that the defense isn't properly set on the wing, which I thought was. Quite a smart move, but then they the just start chucking move. it. Yeah, and then you see how mad Braith is when they go left. He's so mad. He's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, and then, of course, the, this is like... We talked about this last week, pre, well, last week we recorded, and we are talking about the world's greatest field goals and the game's greatest field goals, and somehow us two idiots here, me and Bungard and Dale was there as well, didn't come up with that until we hit play on a YouTube video. Like, this is obviously the best field goal of rugby league history. Yeah. Right? This is it. Try now. It's come down to Graham. Back to the middle. It's found Minicello. A long range shot for Manasta. He's got it. Oh, what a kick. He got a kick. Anasta has nailed it. Brave Anasta has kicked the drop goal. What a finish. Like, as someone who's got whose club has got two in the top five, probably, this is still better than either of them. Because you have to think of uh, the no, it's not only the situation. You're in the finals. Yeah. You've come back from yeah, exactly. however down. Then his position on the field. Yeah. It's he's like 40 the out field goal, but it mattered so much more. Exactly. And, and that's yes, why it's better. And yes, he's a former half, but the number on his jersey isn't six or seven. No. Nope. It wasn't his job to take this snap, and he bloody did. And it was like off his boot. The commentators are like, he's got this. And especially Clean in, and crisp. if it was a rugby union game and a guy kicked a field goal from there, you'd sort of be like, oh, okay. Cool. Percy Montgomery, Francois Stain, things of that nature. But rugby league, like, you watch Mitch Moses miss from like 20 out right in front <laughs> all the time. Yes. So for a forward to just put his foot through the ball, 40 out on an angle, and it was money from the moment it left his boot. I think he, you see his celebra- he celebration too. He knows. He's as soon as he away. kicks it, he knows. And that's the kind of confidence you need from a player in these type of situations, that even if he is 40 out basically on the sideline, he, he just goes, I'll kick it. He had no stress in the situation. Yeah. And then, so that happens. But then... No one can really fully process it because now they've got to go play more football because because it's 15 all. Yeah, it was like a... He celebrated like he won the game and then you remember, oh, wait, like I won a chance to play again. (laughs) It's like when you hit a feature at the pub and you only get a dollar back. You're like, well... You're you're celebrating, but what did you actually get? (laughs) You actually got nothing. I got three more spins. Sick. That's it. But the extra time starts and... I was out at a, as you mentioned, I was out at, a, at an event, and we were at the point of like it was, we were at, uh, it was the end of season for our um, for my soccer team at the time, and the joint wanted to kick us out because it was like you had the room till this point, yeah. But extra time started, and we're like, Please. get the security like rounding us up. It's like, but, but look, like the game's still going, but it went for nineteen more bloody minutes. Because <laughs> like, it was kind of the situation where you, you, after that happens, you feel like you're watching something important. Yeah, that's where it. you're like, this is a historical moment. Like th- this is a game that. Obviously, 10 years later, a decade later, we're talking about. And you can kind of feel that when you're watching the game. 100%. Like, the moment he kicked that field goal, you're like, it was like, no, you can't kick us out of this pub. <laughs> this is our venue we're, higher now. We're willing to Benji Marshall put one on your chin. That's make it. sure we see the end of this. I don't care. You've got the room booked. <laughs> like, we're here now. And we waited. And like, yeah. The extra time was one of those weird, nervous extra times. We forgot to mention that five minutes ago, regulation, Benji Marshall gets injured. And he goes off. So, you think... You go to extra time and Benji Marshall isn't on the field and you've got no idea who the Roos- sorry who the Tigers are going to look to. It's maybe Farah in the form he's in. But on the other side of the field, and 
post-game interviews for the Roosters is like, they should have given Kenny Dow the ball earlier. Obviously, he didn't give him the ball here, but he was at the time... People forget this. He was the best center in the world in 2010. It's <laughs> bizarre season. Another Roosters player who people might look back on as a bit of a meme player, but at yeah. his best was really bloody good. The ultimate rocks and diamonds player. Oh, yeah. Anytime he has the ball, mm. I'm like, Something's I'm, I'm very nervous because he's either going to drop it or somehow he's going to run 80 meters and, and score. Peyton. Peyton does the same for Fulton. Intercepted by Kenny Dow. Gibbs is after him. Fulton's after him. They are not going to get him, although here's Simon Dwyer late to Kiri late, but that's Kenny Dow. Kenny Dow has scored his 21st try of the season to win in extra time. On the chase in this one, Lottie might get him. I think if... I think it's Liam Fulton who's in the line, like tries to chase and it's gets the, in Lottie's way. It's all way. the forwards. There's like yeah. four of them. I genuinely think if Lottie gets a clear chase at him, that he um, that he would have got there. It was pretty smart from Kenny Dow to go diagonal rather yeah. than going straight because that's kind of what caused it. Like he has to he has to step off his right to go that direction, but he didn't run straight off that. He just kept going as and he pretty much goes to the sideline by the end of it. And if he yeah. hadn't have done that. Lottie probably would have got him in that yeah. situation too. And Minicello said he was so gassed that he couldn't run That's support. It. He was just like hoping that Kenny Dow got there. And that was Kenny Dow. Kenny Dow has that weird gait. He doesn't look like he's running fast ever. He does, no, he's one of those guys. There's no confidence yeah. in him doing no, that. but he did it. And that's I found the quote I was looking for, sorry. The first thing that Brian Smith said to Sean and Kenny Dow after the game is like, you could have saved us half an hour. He's done that earlier. <laughs> that's funny. That's good for Brian Smith. <laughs> yeah, because he said, in the box, we're saying to each other, we need to give the ball to Kenny Dow. He's, we have to get the ball to him. On the law of averages this year, is that he's our game-breaker, getting the ball. Yeah. And honestly, like, you and I, Mitchell, not McIntyre system guys, thank God later on this on the, on this same night, thank God Canberra won. Because yeah. Canberra finished seventh. Yeah. And had Canberra lost, this game would have been absolutely meaningless. The greatest game ever played would have meant nothing because both teams would have gone through anyway. Yeah. But because Canberra won, the Roosters would have been eliminated had they lost this game. Yeah. And instead, they went through to week two. And, and through to the grand finals, we yes. all know, and got smoked. But, yeah, so that, and that's the other crazy thing about, about that, is that these two teams nearly met again three weeks later because the Tigers played an absolute belter against the Dragons two weeks after this when Jamie Soward kicked a field goal against them to win the game. Yeah, it was a fun era Tigers team. Like I know for Tigers fans, they're a disappointing side. They should have more to show for this era. Yeah. But, man, they played some of the best games in rugby league for two or three years yeah. there. In a time that, like... Whilst they were doing this, the other side of the draw was Melbourne and Manly inventing the wrestle. Yeah. You know, there's a Tigers. The Dragons like grinding this. teams out. That's it. That's yeah. So they were a good time. Like, the forwards are so fun. Like, you've yeah. got the big raging ranger, Keith Galloway. Ian, uh, Ian Payton. <laughs> Todd Payton. <laughs> Todd Payton. Like, you look at... Like, they were a lot of fun. They fired up and yeah. they, they were angry and they were brutal in, in the middle, which was fun to watch. And, and Gareth Ellis was, you know, one of the Tigers' best ever signings. But this little period here, the three years at the Tigers there, he was probably the best back row in the competition. He, he genuinely was. Because, I mean, it's, it's just before you get into sort of the Sam Burgess era. So, I'm happy to see that Gareth Ellis was probably the best back row in yeah. the game in those years. Um and then, yeah, so the Roosters go on to the grand final. You have to feel like you're playing with house money at this point. 100%. And because, wasn't it in the, the semis we played the Titans they too? They belted the Titans. And it was the when the Titans yeah. like were good just because they had that inflection of money and everything being new to the yeah. comp and all that type of thing. Yeah. So you get through them, you're like, this could actually happen. Yeah. But it's a situation where you think, 
we actually might win because we shouldn't have won no, exactly. any of these other games. So why can't we go so, in and beat so the, the Dragons? Tigers, the Tigers finals run, because I, the Tigers beat Canberra 26-24, and that's also a famous game for another reason, for poor Jared Croker. And like, so basically, every, all, the, all three of these West Tigers games in 2010 were just unbelievably good games. And then the Roosters smash Penrith, then they play the Titans and they smash them as well. And then, yeah, they go on to play the Dragons in the Grand Final. They're actually looking pretty and good And they're actually the up start. at halftime too. Yeah. And, and to this day, uh, some of my other friends who support the Roosters have not forgiven linesman Jeff Eunice for not spotting that Brett Morris's foot was well and truly over the sideline. Yeah, thanks uh, for that, idiot. Yeah. But, like, this game of rugby league will live on long after all of us are gone. And, this, and it's just really uh, so... We're so lucky that it ended up meaning something. And that it wasn't it. just a pointless third versus sixth where everyone gets a participation trophy. Well, as a neutral, like, for this game anyway, like in terms of my lifetime, this is the best game of the league I've watched that's not a Broncos game. Like Obviously, there's Broncos games that mean more to me that I think of are better course. games. Yeah, yeah. But this is the best game of the league. And it's at a period at Roosters team because I like Todd Carney. Ugh, what a terrible time in my life. I like Todd Carney. I like Phil Graham. I actually like that Roosters team. You know, it was weird. They hadn't got to the stage where, you know, they were the team that kept winning no, and all those yeah, other things and everyone the hates them. O- they hadn't, I mean, they'd gone from, what, 90, 1975 to 02. That was yeah. the drought. And then they hadn't won one since 02. And they and been they bad. Lo- yeah. And we'd bad. actually lost grand finals. You know, yeah, they lost was, to the, the Panthers and the Dogs. How have you coped? Ah, uh, you know, it's been tough since. Yeah, I'll but... bet. But, um, like, this wasn't this, wasn't this co- all-conquering Trent Robinson machine. This was sort of bits and pieces lovable bunch of misfits who went on this great run and entertained us all. Well, that's it. Well, the last time the Roosters were the runners-up before this, this is when I was, you know, 14-odd and I hated them because they had, they had Justin Hodges when he left the Broncos. They had Chris Walker from the Broncos. Mm. I hated, I don't know why, but I hated Craig Fitzgibbon. I think he was good in origin. That's I fair. hated him. I hated Luke Rickardson. Has any... I hate hey, Adrian Morley. Has anyone ever hated Luke Rickardson? Yeah. He's the nicest guy it's, ever. We went through the the, the whitewashing origin, so I hated like anyone who was in that team. <laughs> That's fair. And you guys had a few of those players, and I, it, it, for some reason Ryan Cross is a punchable face, so I didn't he like has him a, either. Yeah, I'd love to punch Ryan Cross. So you went through that team, and I was like, oh, I hate the Roosters, whatever. And then it changed. Like, oh yeah, uh, Todd Carney, I love him. He's had a great year. He's kind of like funny. They were like yeah. a fun group of lads. That, yeah. And you can see that because of all the dumb stuff they did. Yeah, that's it. And shortly after that, they had my boy Joey Leilua as well in that team. Yeah, they did, that's right. Like, um, she did debut that year. Might have debuted that year. But like, I actually didn't mind this team. And then two years later, or, or three years later, so Robbo comes and they're the Roosters again. And now I hate them again. How fun is that? I mean, it's true. And as a Roosters fan sitting next to me, obviously he prefers when someone else hates his team, not when they enjoyed sure. the plucky underdogs. Yeah, going. exactly. <laughs> like, but yeah, so you got some, we've got some awards to give out, and we're going to give out these three awards uh, for each game going forward, Mitchell. But um, yeah, so the first award is for the, the moment, the player of the game. Oh, the, the play of the game. Yeah, and so given that this is arguably the greatest play ever, the award will henceforth be known as the Braith. Yeah, so the Braith of this game is obviously the Braith. But the Hold Braith on. has a field goal. Stop. Yeah, stop. <laughs> sh- yeah. Uh, the okay. Braith goes to Sean Kenny Dowles. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Braith and Astor wins the inaugural Braith. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Braith and Astor. So for the, the, the poor carriage we'll be giving as well, if you don't know that incident, I mean, don't know, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway, but yeah. the, probably the worst ever performance in a game, poor carriage. 1998 prelim, look it up. I dare say we will be doing a podcast on it at some point. We've got nominees before yeah. we go to the winner. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I, I like you, you, think it's, you think it's Chris Hyington for, for, for not falling on the ball. Yes. I, I'm not sure. Uh, you can also try and give it to the refs, but I think throwing the pass to Sean Kenny Dale has that, to get a mention. That's the one well. we didn't even talk about is that 
for some reason in that situation where the intercept happens, it's the forwards yeah. throwing the ball around like they're playing park footy. And also very Tim Sheens, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and they're, they're just chucking it. They're going around the back, doing all these ridiculous things. And then the pass that is thrown is just not needed at all. Like, there was nothing is it Liam, coming is from it Liam Fulton. Liam Fulton. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and then I he think, gets in the way of Lottie. That's I think oh. it's Liam Fulton because he gets in the way after throwing the intercept as well. So it's, it's a kind of a two for one. But I think if you're, as you said, if if Hino falls on the ball, none of that ever happens. Yeah. So it's a tough one. It's it's Chris. I'm giving it to Chris Hines, and we're doing it. Okay. Yeah. And he w- didn't get kicked out of the club that year. He left two years later. But Tigers fans wanted him the fuck out of there. If you didn't dive on that ball, just like Aston Sims at Brisbane, it's like you can't keep playing for this club, man. You know what it was? It's like that uh, Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. Yeah, where it's like there's just no want. You there was no want to dive on the ball. Why? It, it's like everyone can see you staring in that ball, man. Like and it's like you. I don't know if the moment got too big or he was just not stressed about the situation. But yeah, yeah, not a good moment. Fall for Chris. on the ball, and Chris did go on to win another grand final. So he really gives no shits about this. He won yeah. one with a Tigers. Gap, in that 05 one. to twenty sixteen. Yeah, Long longest gap. all time. And also, of it? course, gave no Lottie. Lottie was 15 years, mate. 2000 to 2014. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, uh, but Hino does it? give Hino does give the greatest post game interview ever after the uh, 2005 grand final when he drops like eight f bombs in the space of 10 seconds. Yeah. And Matty Johns is in a suit, 17 sizes too large for him, yeah. and with his hair sleeked over. <laughs> I said Brad Pitt. I meant Matty Johns. I apologise. Um, yeah. And the third award, Mitchell. Third of all, we're calling this one the Alfie Langer, and it's about the, the storyline of the game, the best storyline. So it's called the Alfie because of the origin return, yep. which is one of, the, one of the great rugby league stories. This one's obvious. I think it's a few contenders. I think Ben Murdoch was still his debut as a contender. Yep. But, I mean, it ultimately didn't really mean anything. But for me, the obvious one is Todd Carney's performance on the back of the season he had. And yep. this is like the pinnacle of his career and that short little time when he actually was one of the best three or four players in the game that he always should have been. It makes you think what could have been. Like you watch this game back and you just think if maybe he made some smarter decisions and things like that, what would have come of his career and what would we think about him today? He had some really high highs, but I still think he, he's he's possibly the greatest what if of all time. He's one of the great yeah. ones because people remember through the whole thing. This whole, through this whole thing, he didn't take any of this shit seriously. He was still getting pissed. He refused the booze ban at Canberra that got him punted there. Like He still didn't give a shit and reply himself like other players apply themselves. And he still had a year like this when he was the best player in the competition. Yeah. And you can understand from his perspective, if you yeah. are playing that well and you're the best player in rugby league, yeah. and you are still out, it's like John Jones in the UFC. Like, yeah, it's a why, why change? Why do I yeah. need to adapt if I can play at this level? And it, some of them play better yeah. when they're doing that because they, they have less stress. They're taking it at, you know on the weekends after the games. They're going yeah. out having a punt whatever. They're just playing themselves, and they're playing naturally, which That's I think it. Todd Carney always played best when he played naturally. Yeah, and then this year it was like he played fullback until Mini, like Mini was on the wing, I think, the side of the year. Who was he fullback? Who was out for him to play fullback? I can't remember who wasn't there, but he played fullback for the first half of the year as well. So he went from fullback to a bit of halfback when Pierce missed a few games, and then 5-8 in the finals. And to do that through a whole year, play three positions, and maintain being the best in the comp is a pretty fair effort to me. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So that is uh, West Tigers versus Sydney Roosters 2010. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the first installment of this of this new thing that we're going to be doing. Um, and, you know, if you've got any games that you want us to do in the future, feel free to just suggest some. Because but, Nah, I'm not listening to them unless you sign up for Patreon. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Pay us for, money and you can tell us what to do. That's actually extremely correct. Yeah. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on again. Really appreciate no, it's it. It's been a pleasure. Maybe, maybe can I put forward, maybe, remember that Roosters yeah. South game we went to where Mitchell Pierce 
Scored yep. the intercept try in front of us. Maybe yes. do that game. That was a really good one. No, I thoroughly I, enjoyed. Is that. this going to become like Roosters replay? And then your family. <laughs> remember, like, because you, I was yelling at your family. Like, that's probably my favorite game ever. So yeah. maybe oh, do that one. Have fun yelling at his family at the footy. Oh, it is good fun, especially when like, it, well, was he with his younger cousins? Then they he were sure like was. three years old. Yeah. <laughs> they got what they deserved. They did. Dirty rabbit. That's you and Jack bonded at my wedding. Your friends now. Yeah, he follows me on Instagram. He likes all my stuff. Look at that. Yeah. Good on him. That's good. Anything you want to plug before we get you yes. out of here? Uh, Matty Warburg 21 on Insta and everything. Come yep. see what I'm up to. And there's uh, self- you have an OnlyFans that people can subscribe to? Uh, if, did you want that? Maybe. We'll talk about this off, off camera. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pay for we'll that do a, we'll, do a, we'll do a deal. We'll swap a Patreon for OnlyFans. If you guys know uh, Lee Castledine, who's in this season uh, of Survivor, had to leave because his uh, mum passed away from a stroke. So they're doing a new initiative with the Tower Challenge you might have seen online. Um, get around it. They're selling a calendar and things like that. So any, any, any donations and stuff, I'd much prefer people go and buy that stuff. That's nice. I think we can all get behind something like that. All right. Uh, say goodbye, fellas. See you later, everybody. Bye. Yeah, it's goodbye from me. <laughs>